Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, good evening. Um, you're listening to Chronically Chilled on 3CR. Um, my name is Mario Pojega. Uh, before I do anything, I want to acknowledge the people of the Kulin Nation whose land we broadcast from. Um, so you can listen to us on the 855am band um, via digital and also via our website, which is 3cr.org.au. So on today's show, um, I'm going to be um, playing a conversation that I recently had with Mary Ann. So Marianne is a health and community development officer, um, but I guess we had a conversation um, which was really about the things you don't often hear or that are misunderstood or unseen um, in regards to people who have a chronic illness. So things like grief um, and the burden that a lot of people feel um, who are experiencing chronic illness. And these are things that are there on a daily basis and the things that people are dealing with. So again, we talk about invisible disability on this show a lot. Um, this is just another aspect of it, which often goes under the radar and people don't realize that there is a lot of grief and a lot of burden attached to, to kind of managing um, chronic illness and the situation. So I'll go to the conversation now and I begin um, by asking Marianne just around her current situation. Okay, so currently I have chronic fatigue syndrome, irritable bowel syndrome, um, thalassemia minor, anxiety and depression. So can you, can you talk to me, if, if you feel comfortable, about when all this started for you? Um, so I was diagnosed in 2013, the beginning of 2013, with chronic fatigue syndrome, but the diagnosis was... Um, it was backdated um, to five years earlier. So it all kind of started in this, I guess, latest bout of anxiety and depression, which has lasted for the last 11 years, um, started around the same time. And that time was when I was about 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the irritable bowel syndrome has been less. Um, but yeah. So you were feeling pretty crappy for a while and didn't really know what was going on, is that right? A really long time Um, and I was constantly going to the doctors, Um, you know, they were checking things like iron, vitamin D, Um, they tested me for glandular fever, they said that it was, um, the symptoms were attributable to the anxiety and the depression Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I found particular doctor at a particular clinic um, and it wasn't intentional I just had to see um, someone other than my usual GP and they were like oh you know this sounds like it could be chronic fatigue syndrome Um, they asked about how long the symptoms had persisted and that certainly seemed in line and so they sent me to a chronic fatigue specialist and I had a a two-hour initial appointment with him and he was like Mm. yep yep this is it you've got it so yeah 
So even though you were get, getting told it could be kind of related to your depression, anxiety stuff, mm. it kind of sounds like you knew that it was actually more than that. Yeah, it was right? just, it was, it, it had become very debilitating and it felt mm. like there was something else going on. And I think I'm fortunate that, um, you know, I was studying health sciences at university, so I'm, mm. I'm quite health literate and that I was able to advocate for myself because I think a lot of people may have just been told a number of times by GPs, no, there's nothing wrong with you and then just left it alone. Um, So I guess, yeah, persistence for me was key. Yeah. And it's kind of sucks that it's left to the individual to advocate Mm. for themselves all the time. Hey. Yes, absolutely. And it's hard. It's like a burden. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Um, I... I don't know if we're supposed to talk about this, but the other burden for me that I've felt um, has been that it feels like a burden to constantly explain mm-hmm. what it is you have, what it is that's going on, yeah. why you can't make it to that birthday dinner or that barbecue. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's there's burden. Absolutely. <laughs> there's lots of burden. <laughs> um I was actually going to ask something related to that. Um, I know a lot of people who I've spoken to and myself included, for me, when I kind of have gotten really sick and stuff, people tend to kind of disappear Mm. um, for whatever reason. Um, And relationships change Mm. and they either you don't have that relationship anymore because those people kind of unhelpful or they kind of change in the way that you relate to others and stuff. how did people relate to you around, yeah, when you kind of were diagnosed and stuff? I think that I've been quite fortunate in that um, most of my relationships, my friendships, um, my relationships within my family, my extended family, um, we are the kind of people that we can we can see each other every day mm. um, or we can go some time without seeing each other and nothing really changes. Um, so I've certainly been, you know, uh, quite fortunate in that regard. It is, I mean, you can definitely see it. There are some times when, when I'll have to message and be like, I, I actually can't make it, you know, and mm-hmm. people are fully expecting me to go. It might be an hour before the event and then I'm just yeah. like, I just, I can't make it out of bed today. Yeah. Um, you know, the thought of showering and putting on some mascara and, and, driving to wherever it is that I need to go is just a bit too much today. And so on occasion, people have taken issue with that. But for the most part, um, I'm I'm quite lucky that people have been understanding, not necessarily of the condition itself or the conditions themselves, but um, of my absence at certain things. Yeah. Um, so one of the themes I think through kind of doing this show has been people from ethnic diff- ethnic communities kind of um, not always receiving the most helpful response kind of from the community and kind of attitudes that still exist around chronic illness, mental illness, all that stuff. Um, how have you found things? Oh, absolutely. Um, despite the fact that, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome, I think across the board is quite misunderstood in my community the Egyptian community I think it's even more so Mm. um you know my parents came here when they were in their mid to late 20s they've 
worked themselves to the bone. They've been, you know, cleaners, they've cleaned toilets, they've woken up at four o'clock in the morning for years on end, um, you know, at takeaway food stores, they've been kitchen hands, they've done all sorts of different things and they've worked so hard and as a result there's been quite a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. Mm. Um, So I always feel that when I then say, and I mean when I was first experiencing these symptoms around 17, 18, Mm. for me to say that I was feeling tired, fatigued, that I was um, waking up with heart palpitations and there is, there's a lot of, you know, what, what have you got to be tired about? You know, you go to uni two days a week um, or what are you sad about? You know, you you have all of this and it's, you know, none of it isn't intentional but it's it's difficult. Yeah. It's such a false equivalency as well. It's kind of not the same. No. <laughs> you know? No. Um, and I think, yeah, like I remember I used to just, we used to just roll our eyes at all the stories mm. and stuff. But yeah, like I, I think it is also around kind of what, what chronic illness and oh, stuff. Yeah. So I think for chronic fatigue, I think mm. there would be a lot of misunderstanding and kind of judgment around like, just stop, you know, have go for a walk or something, yeah. or you know, all these things where kind of you get given all this advice. Is mm. that something that happens? Absolutely. Mm. Um, and and I think similarly with mental illness because mm. it's unseen because totally. I don't have you know, a broken leg or I don't have anything hanging out of me. I don't go to hospital for treatments on a weekly basis or anything like that. Mm. It's it's unseen and so it's just, yeah, knowing people. I um, <laughs> My cholesterol's high at the moment and it's been high uh, for some time. Um, we think it's related to, to like, familial um, cholesterol. And um, someone said to me recently, you know, well, why don't you just do some exercise? Yeah. You know, two or three times a week. And I'm like, because that would knock me out. Um, you know, I'm already doing as much as I can and, and some days struggling a lot more than others. Mm. Um, so even that 20-minute walk, yeah. um, you know, and they're like, oh, but it would become easier. You'll get more energy yeah. um, as you continue <laughs> to do it. And, you know, when I was first diagnosed, I did something called uh, graduated exercise therapy. Um, so there's this idea that you can build up your tolerance to mm. physical um, activity. And I remember I did that for a while and I went to see my specialist again and he checked in and, and he was the one who discontinued the treatment. He was like, no, this this isn't working for you. Yeah. It's actually causing more fatigue. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it kind of goes against what people think. Yeah. But, yeah. I feel like that whole wellness and self-development industry has got a lot to answer yeah. for and can be really unhelpful. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, just listening kind of around um, the fact that, you know, you get all this kind of unsolicited advice and stuff, it's kind of easier sometimes to just stay quiet and not talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just like I, I feel crap, but I don't feel like I can kind of talk to talk to a lot of people about it and where they kind of are going to understand in some ways. Yeah, because even if you say, you know, I'm not feeling well, um, you know, they'll be like, oh, do you have a headache or yeah. do you have this? And it's like, no, I just – it feels like my body is is just metal. I can't – I just can't pick my arm up today mm. or, you know, so it's – yeah, lots of fun. <laughs> Um, one of the things that I want to talk to you about, and it's kind of kind of follows on from what we've been talking about, is grief. 
Um, I feel like it's uh, grief is something as well that I don't think it gets talked about as much, mm. but I think it's something that is always there, at mm. least it is for me. Yeah. Um, you know, grief around the things that I have lost and I can't do anymore, for example. Yeah. But then also the grief around I actually want to do that, but yeah. now, but I can't, do you know. So, yeah, how have you found that? Um, exactly what you're saying. It's just because you do, you think I used to be the person who did everything. Mm. You know, I was going at 110 all the time um, and I'm not that person anymore. And so there is, there's the grief associated with that. But then there is the grief, you know, I love hiking, mm. but I know that I probably shouldn't hike. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's there's that wanting to do something or there's just, you know, the wanting to be able to work eight-hour days so that I have one day um, where I can be at home as opposed to having to split my hours and do six days over, you know, six day, uh, six hours over five days. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just it, it is. It's hard. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's currently doing um, a counselling degree and I, I mentioned the grief associated with chronic illness and he was like, what do you mean? Um, it was something that he hadn't heard about, something that he hadn't explored. Mm. Um, it made sense to him once I explained it. Yeah. But um, he just... He was kind of gobsmacked, like, oh, I'd, I'd never thought that that was an additional just yeah, wow. aspect of chronic illness. Yeah. Um, so it is. It's very real, yeah. even though not everyone understands it. But, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's got, a, I think it's got something to do with how um, society views chronic illness as well. You mm. should just get on with it and, oh, yeah. you know, don't be sad and have the right attitude and all this kind of yeah crap which is just it's easier said than done and for people who have chronic illness i think yeah we we know that it's just rubbish but it's still mm. i think it makes it harder because then you have all these people like you were saying in the wellness industry or whatever thinking yeah just think positively yeah yeah yeah. um and you're like yeah okay cool yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and and then like you know following from grief is like you know it, it, the link between mental health mm. and physical health is just it's so I don't know, like I I think it's just so connected mm. and interconnected and stuff. Um, like I get irrationally angry at people writing because that was my thing. <laughs> I love that irrationally angry. Um, yeah, like I, I couldn't write far anyway because mm. of, I'm still limited even back then, but now yeah. I can't write at all. Yeah. And I'll literally drive past someone riding on the road and get re- really irrationally angry and stuff. But that's just kind of grief for mm. me, you know, around I wish I could do that still. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like that link between, you know, mental health and physical health is just so pronounced and you just, I I don't feel like you can kind of disconnect the two in some ways. Absolutely. And And I don't think you can talk about one without talking about the other for me. Absolutely. Like I said, for me, it all seems like everything started around the same time. And I mean, that was difficult in and of itself because trying to differentiate which symptom belongs to what. Mm. Um, you know, how much of it is, it is of it is the chronic fatigue, how much of it is the anxiety or the depression. Yeah. The other thing about grief as well is that I kind of feel like it steals ambition mm. or it kind of punishes you for doing ambition. So, for example, I've been going really well and then I've just 
taken on a whole bunch of stuff thinking I could do this yeah. and now it's now I'm just like oh my gosh what was I thinking kind of stuff yeah um but yeah like have you found that that it's kind of there's this kind of feeling like you want to be ambitious and do something and kind of do new things but it's you kind of always have to think about is yeah. this actually going to make things worse or better or yeah I am um, my best friend when I was 21 she made me a scrapbook um, and we found it the other day and I was reading uh, she'd gotten a whole bunch of my friends to write little notes inside the front cover um, and once I found it and had been through it I, I messaged her and I said you know thank you it's beautiful um, I've just reread everything but I haven't lived up to what people had said about me you know they said yeah, wow. you're going to do amazing things you're, you're going to change the world because mm. that's what I wanted to do that's what I want to do yeah. um but you know it took me twice as long to finish uni um and you know my my passion has always been in international public health and so I want to go overseas and and work um in underdeveloped countries but a lot of those countries, you say in Southeast Asia, are quite warm, mm. and the warm weather actually affects me quite significantly. Um, so it's that this is what I want to do. This is what I've always wanted to do. Yeah. But can I even do it? Yeah. Will I even? Will I make it there? And and once I do, will I be able to finish the assignment? To do twelve months? To yeah. to also do it and be well? Yeah. Like so it's um. Yeah, I definitely don't feel like I've lived up to my potential at this point. <laughs> mm. um, and and I'm I I'm someone who's pretty hard on themselves. Oh yeah. And we'll be like, you know, <laughs> why didn't I do this or why didn't I kind of do that and stuff? Yeah. Um, and I don't think it gets to the point where you can just go, um, oh yeah, that's just my body mm. kind of stuff. Like, what's that like for you? Around, you know self-blame and kind of yeah I am yes I that that hits home for me I'm um very good at blaming myself and Mm. and very good at saying well you know I still should be able to do that even though my body's telling me that I can't I still should be able to do that and there are plenty of times where I've done that um I bought an apartment uh April of last year and I knew it was going to be um a bit of a reno job a DIY um and gosh that makes me tired (laughs) (laughs) well that's just it right and I and I don't know what I was thinking I was working four days at that point I was doing eight hour days um and the days that I wasn't working I was renovating Mm. um and I've always been better at um pushing myself through the physical as opposed to the mental Mm. there are times you know while I'm at work I'll have a mental block I'll forget a word I I won't remember where I was going with a sentence but um for the most part if I try hard enough I can push through the physical um and I know I'll pay for it yeah but unfortunately at that time I was just like no I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and I did do it and then I spent four months recovering from that unable to live in the apartment I ended up moving back in with my parents um, because mm. I'd worked my heart, myself entirely too hard. Yeah. Um, and it was because I thought I should be able to do it. Yeah. You know, and I've, I love renovating. Yeah. But it's, 
it takes a toll on your body and and yeah so i only made it into the apartment a couple of months ago like late last year yeah um and and that's you know a, a different environment again um but yeah 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 it's always this huge process whenever <laughs> you kind of want to undertake some kind of project and yeah. stuff yeah and you do have to kind of manage your own expectations yeah, um, I find that so hard though. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is because you want to do more. You yeah, used yeah. to be able to do more. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, what's employment been like for you in terms of like, have you been supported? What's it like to kind of manage all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I have been incredibly fortunate. Um, I've been at the organisation that I'm with for three years now. It was my first job after I finished university mm. um, and they've been amazing. My managers and I'm always I'm always so unsure of what to do. Do you tell? Because there's always that question on job applications uh, no. yeah. of, you know, um, mm. do you have any medical conditions that may, you know, impede your work or, or whatever? And I never yeah. know what to say yeah. because, yeah, the chronic fatigue will inevitably – affect my work but is that going to stop me from getting the job yeah and, and are they going to look at me in a whole different way and all that stuff so that that question is always really hard but i what do you do <laughs> do you tick it or not i'm not sure I, i'm not sure what i tick but yeah. i i always do once i'm in the job i i tell once you know there's that relationship between me and my managers i i have told them my managers know mm. um and as a result they've been incredibly supportive um after that period in time when I was working and doing um, the renovation, I'd like to – I should probably just point out that when I started the renovation, I also had started four-day weeks. Yeah. So previously I had been doing two-day weeks. Yeah. But for some reason I thought this is the perfect time to just take everything on. Mm. Um, so <laughs> after all of that, you know, I was I was talking to my managers and they, they could see it. Um, mm. They could see that – I was forgetting my words more often that I was just looking really tired. I was, I was a bit more sluggish. Um, and my manager just said to me, do what you have to do and we'll, we'll re- rearrange ourselves accordingly. That's so good. I know it was, it was brilliant. It's so rare too, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were just, they were just brilliant. And, and they have been, you know, when I, when I email in, if I, if I can't make it into work and I say, Hey, you mm. know, I'm just, Sleep's been a bit elusive for me um, yeah. these last few nights. Yeah. Um, I, I may not make it into work today or I might make it in a bit later. Yeah. The response I always get is, I hope you feel better soon. Take as much time as you need. Yeah. Which is just... It, it Like at the beginning of this, you were saying that there's always this burden. Mm. Like it just takes the burden away, doesn't it? Yeah. Like And the, feel, the feeling of needing to kind of push yourself and blame yourself yeah. and stuff. Like just a simple response. It's not that hard. Um, Thank you so much, Marianne. Um, It's been really lovely talking to you.